Here the old gods are dead. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Happy New Year! We've done an episode since then, but it was just because of the countdown. It made me think about. It. Uh, welcome back to the TV podcast. I'm Indica with Sativa. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Wait, no, I guess you're Indica and I'm Sativa because, like, you're like more chill than me, and I'm more likely to like give you like the brink of psychosis. You know what is it they used to say? Like if you smoke indica, you'd be in the couch. So, <laughs> have you heard that before? No, but that's good. This is the first episode of the Creepy Bee Podcast where I have been actually drunk, and you can tell. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm having like crabbies. It's that kind of night. I have like school tomorrow. <laughs> like crabbies ginger beer. No, I'm having I'm having ginger wine actually. Oh wow, I've never yeah, had crabbies. Like, it sounds like something that I would like though. Not sponsored. Uh, I'm drinking Vault City craft beer. Oh, if anyone lives in Glasgow and knows somewhere where I can buy like the Vault City beers, because every time Becca has one, I want one. If anyone knows like a place that sells them, please get in our comment section, <laughs> our DMs. I don't care how you contact us, just do it. I don't care what you call me, just call me. (laughs) What about the Oscars, eh? What about everything, everywhere, all at once, getting... Sweet. She will sweep. She will sweep the Oscars. And you heard it here first. We were the only people that were talking about that film six months ago. (laughs) No, we we put it on the map. I believe so. It's like the Auntie Dune to me. Like, I love it so much when i was in the cinema having a fucking full-blown breakdown and the cinema was silent apart from me screaming so- when they were basically. rocks i was sobbing like actually in full tears at these like it's just rocks with googly eyes and text and somehow it's the most emotionally empowering scene in the film ever but also fucking hilarious i was cackling and crying at the same time yeah. if you if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once it is free to watch on Prime at the moment. If you want mom's and Prime Password, give us a shout. Also, watch After Sun as well. 
because I haven't seen that so yet. Good. Scottish Paul director as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't up for anything for writing and directing since. It should be up for writing, I think. So I take it Paul Mescal was the only one that got a nomination I for that so. film. I think so, yeah. And he deserves it. Well, a good time for Scottish cinema then. When was the last time we had a good film? Brave? Um, <laughs> 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 Spotting 2, probably the last one. Kelly McDonald, Skilly acting. <laughs> Let me guess, you're one of the sentimental types. The way that Merida spoke like that. <laughs> Kelly McDonald, if you ever hear this, I really love you. I don't. I do, I'm kidding. I just wanted to be me. Speaking of people with total robotic accents, uh, <laughs> I went to see Megan in the cinema this week. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going. <laughs> no, seriously. I seen the trailer for Megan like a couple of months ago and I was like, this, if it's a serious horror film, looks shit. And then I think I seen like the like B trailer where it was like more funny and more campy and I was like, no, I have to see this. Appear for everything, everywhere, all at once. Megan is the best experience I've ever had in the cinema. Like, me and my girlfriend went to see it and we were actually, like, holding on to each other, like, cackling. Also, the entire cinema was, like, quiet. This happens to you a lot. This yeah, I like to, to be the main character having the best <laughs> cinematic experience every time I go on a or what I go to see. Like, please, everybody, homework for the next episode. <laughs> like, Liam's going to go watch Megan and so is everybody else. When and we're all going to talk like about it. It's on DVD and I start talking about it. <laughs> it's made like a hundred million dollars at the I know, box that's office. fucking crazy. It is the campest film I've ever seen. It's one of the best marketing campaigns I've ever seen in my life. You can have to get like Gen Z and like millennials hooked on a film as to have a wee a silly gay robot sing, <laughs> sing Titanium by Sia. <laughs> Fine, I'll watch Pitch Perfect again. I was literally about to say, wait, they stole that from Pitch Perfect. <laughs> it's the exact same. It's the same way that Britney Snow sings it in Pitch Perfect. Like a robot. Like a robot. Yeah. Britney Snow actually went to the Kelly McDonald school he acted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had it in my notes to tell someone I hope they die on the podcast, but I can't remember why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it was I was on the train and I was in my if you're one of these kind of people. <laughs> Go be passive aggressive then, like you normally are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't need to do me like that. I can't argue with you. I mean it's true. Mean. Every time you hear someone mean is it, it's about a bus or a train and somebody who's on it. <laughs> I really travel a lot for someone who hates it. Who do you want to tell to go and die then? The Tory But like, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher, wait. The best moment in my life, honestly. I, that is cemented in my mind. I have never seen so many people happy at once. Like, that yeah. was the closest we came to like world peace in Scotland. That and the Christmas of the Wii came out, world <gasps> peace. Christmas of the Wii, summer of Pokemon Go, Margaret Thatcher's death. <laughs> the holy journey <laughs> yeah speaking of um pillagers and bandits <laughs> pirates 
are. Yes. This episode is going to be about pirates, so we'll take a wee break and then we'll tell you the story about William Kidd. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we get into the story of William Kidd, we need to clarify the difference between pirates and privateers. Okay, so pirate originates from the Greek pirates, I believe it's pronounced, <laughs> meaning literally just brigand, like a like a bandit or a hoodlum of some kind. Um, and it can be applied to like a wide range of nautical like behaviors. Like it's not one specific thing it's not just robbery like any crime conducted on the way is considered being a pirate so like assault kidnapping robbery murder if it's on the high seas it's a pirate and if it's not you're just a bandit or if you're on a horse cowboy a privateer is basically just like the 007 license to kill like it's just a pirate that is allowed to do it Mainly, it's done in a way where it's like, the government is like, okay, now you be your, like, hoodlum little band itself, but leave us alone. But the Spanish over there, they're kind of in our way, so you can pillage them. (laughs) And then it's okay. The most famous of the privateers is probably the English Admiral Francis Drake, who made a killing uh, plundering Spanish settlements in the Americas after being granted a privateering commission by Elizabeth I in 1572. So the use of privateers in this manner, like, allowed state to project maritime power beyond, like, the, like, legal capabilities of their just regular, just regular navies. But there were, like, trade-offs because privateering is more lucrative 
and often they sort of like jump at the bit to do anything a bit off color i guess so they're kind of like uncontrollable they're they're the underdog <laughs> like you can't count on them but yeah. they're good to have on your side. So this often led like privateers to go beyond their commission and attack vessels that weren't of the, the, the country they were commissioned to be attacking. And the blurry line between pirate and privateer, the most like perfect example of this was Captain William Kidd. Kidd was born in Dundee in 1654, although there are other claims that he was born in Greenock. Kidd himself stated that he was born in Dundee in a testimony he gave in 1695. And of course, it makes sense that he was born in Dundee. It's a shipping town. Dundee was becoming a really busy port during the early days of the British Empire. And Kidd, we didn't care what age he was, but I'm assuming that he's like late teens, early 20s. He, he boards a, a ship in Dundee and sails off to the colonies in New York. America's not a country yet. It's still a British colony. That's crazy. They had actually, the English had just tainted New York for the Dutch. Because I think it was called New Amsterdam before. And now yeah. it's New York. And yeah. then, so that part of the city is, the map looks, looks like Amsterdam's map because they made it to look like home. And then like Manhattan and stuff has the Glasgow city block because when it was overtaken by the UK, the British, uh, they implemented like Glasgow's street setting for it. That also, if you have ever been to Dublin and go to Dublin and look at all the buildings, you're like, huh, this looks really American. It looks like we're on like the City Friends or something. It's because loads of Irish immigrants came out during the famine to New York and built New York way Dublin bricks and in the style of Dublin. So that's why Dublin looks exactly like New York. Which is a fun fact. Anyway, <laughs> by 1689, Kidd was a member of a French-English pirate crew that were sailing around the Caribbean under the French captain Jean Fantin on the ship named the Saint Rose. During one of their voyages, Kidd formed an alliance with crew member Robert Culliford and the pair of them and the remaining British sailors mutinied and kicked the captain... Jean Fantan off the ship and killed the remaining Frenchmen. They sailed to the British colony in Nevis in the Caribbean and there they renamed the ship the Blessed William and Kidd was named captain. So the ship's called the Blessed William. Some people do think that this is like, it's named after the King of England at the time who was called King William or mm. William Kidd's got a massive ego and he named it after himself which i like i do which yeah. if we get into like further like later on i know which one i believe i'll say that yeah. mm. this man <laughs> has a massive ego so he's elected captain of the ship either by the ship's crew or by the appointment of the governor of the island of nevis who was called christopher codrington by this time, Kidd was an experienced leader and sailor and the Blessed William became part of Codrington's small fleet assembled to defend Nevis for the French as England were at war with them in the war that is known as the Grand Alliance. To put this into context, in the Caribbean at that time, if you were a privateer and working for the English government, you would be allowed to take over French ships or any other army that the English were fighting with in the war of the Grand Alliance. That's how it would work. Yeah, and was your pay not normally like whatever you pillage, but then you have to give a percent back to the Crown? Yeah, so Codrington hired William Kidd and the Blessed William and its crew 
to be privateers for the the English. But he said, and this is a bit different for other governments, because yes, that does happen, what you just said. But Codrington said, I'm not going to pay you for your defensive service. You can get your pay for the French. So wherever the French were, even if it was like an island that they occupied or a ship, you could go and plunder that and you could take 100% of the profit. Whereas if it was somebody who had independently hired William Kidd as a privateer, they would they would sponsor him essentially to be a privateer and they would all split the profit. So Kidd would get a profit, the person who hired him and all the sailors. But in this instance with Codrington, it's just you get what you want as long as you can protect Nevis. If that makes sense. Cause Codrington's telling them, just take whatever you want for the French. Kidd and his men attack the French island, a Marie Gallant, destroying its only town and looting the area and gathering around £2,000 sterling, which I couldn't work out that far back how much that that would be in terms of inflation. A lot. It's fucking loads. A shit ton. Aye, like a shit ton. So he's a really rich pirate during this time and he's already kind of a nobleman as it is anyway because he's a privateer he's not a pirate and he's seen as kind of well off yeah they're generally respected as well yeah and his crew are they love the money but things get kind of rocky so remember robert culliford the guy who helped kid mutiny against the french captain on the blessed william well robert culliford steals the blessed william fake kid whilst they're ashore in Antigua and Kid gets left behind and uh, Culliford sails away with the Blessed William. So Kid's a bit defeated and he returns to New York, but luck would have it that he meets and marries a twice-widowed woman, Sarah Bradley Cox, who is the richest woman in New York, one of the richest women in New York because she's buried two of her husbands. Natural causes, she's quite a young woman, but our, mm. the last husband that died is one of the richest men in New York, which makes her a very, very rich widow. And through her, Kid becomes one of the wealthiest and most like prolific men in New York as well. And he kind of like rubs shoulders with like a lot of governors during this time. So he's he's making a name for himself. In 1695, Kid returned to England to receive a royal commission as a privateer. There, he befriended Lord Belmont, who had been tapped to take over the governorship in New York. Under Belmont's direction and financial backing, Kidd was hired to make his way to the West Indies where crew and attack French ships and pirate vessels. This request had the weight of the crown behind it and Kidd would have been considered disloyal to the crown if he turned it down because it was personally backed by the signature of the king during this period who was William III, better known as King William A. Orange. Oh my god, I just (laughs) realised who that is. Yeah, it's like 1690, so... (laughs) So obviously he can't say no, his hands are tied. He probably did what he did anyway. It isn't like that he would say no to that. But the confiscated loot for this task would be divided between Kid, his men and his backers. Like Liam said earlier, it would be divvied up and it would go to the Crown as well. So in May 1696, Kid set sail on the 34-gun vessel, the Adventure Galley, which he had specifically modified to make it faster. He'd put oars on it so that if there was no wind, they would still be able to roll fast as fuck away from any enemy or capture people fast. The Adventure was well suited to the task of catching pirates. It was equipped with 
34 cannons and 150 men. Kidd took pride in personally selecting the crew and he chose only those who he deemed to be the best and most loyal officers. So Kidd is setting out on his little expedition that he's been set by the king. He's sailing down the Thames and they pass a navy yacht in Greenwich and custom dictates that they should salute the the yacht as a sign of respect, uh, which Kidd's crew did not follow um and the navy yacht then fired a shot as a warning to tell them to show respect and which kids crew responded okay so to clarify similar to pirate privateers are drunk all the time uh, they responded with uh like an awe an awe-inspiring display by turning around dropping their trousers and slapping their bums like the boons <laughs> Like they just presented the Navy. Um, and this refusal to salute led to the Navy, Navy vessel's captain retaliating and taking a lot of kids, like painstakingly selected crew and forcing them to join the Navy, which are sanctions that normally aren't placed upon private. But I respect the pettiness. He was like, you've been set this mission and now you're doing it with half the crew. Have fun. So now shorthanded, Kid set sail for New York City, capturing a French vessel en route, which was legal under the terms of his commission, obviously. And to make up for his lack of officers, Kid picked up a replacement crew in New York, um, the the vast majority of which were known hardened criminals and some were likely former pirates. So I, I respect his, like dedication to anarchy and non-conformity i guess i can't tell if he's just like bad at making decisions or as the unluckiest privateer in the world so in the september of ne- <laughs> in the september of 1696 kid weighed anchor and set course for the cape of good hope a third of his crew died due to an outbreak of cholera it's not funny but like just like he does have really bad luck <laughs> Like, it's L after L for here on out, like. <laughs> the brand new ship he had made developed many leaks and he failed to find the pirates he expected to encounter off the coast of Madagascar. So he's down crew, down money, down on luck, high on cholera, and probably drunk. It's just L after L for my sister. <laughs> so with his mission obviously failing, Kid became desperate to cover the cost that he was missing, yet he failed to attack several ships when given the chance, including a Dutchman and a New York privateer. Some of the crew deserted Kid the next time that the adventure anchored, and those who decided to stay on made constant open threats of mutiny. So he was, he's on his last legs. He's on his last peg leg, you know? It's kind of given sacked in the morning for... Um, William <laughs> at this moment in time with the constant threat of mutinies this is by far the worst one and he handles it very badly he said well go I don't even want you here anyway <laughs> well basically so kids gunner William Moore was on deck sharpening a chisel when a Dutch ship appeared concerned that the crew had made no profits from plundering Moore begged kids to attack the Dutchman an act which would have been considered piratical since the nation was not at war with England and would also be certain to anger the Dutch-born King William. Kidd refused and he called (laughs) Moore a lousy dog. 
And Moor retorted by saying, If I am a lousy dog, you have made me so. You have brought me to ruin and many more. Ted reportedly took an iron bucket and swung it and hit (laughs) Moor on the head with it, fracturing Moor's skull, and Moor died the following day. Everybody make a wee note of that, because it will come back to bite Kid in the arse later. So, (laughs) nobody mutinies really fully in that. I think they're all too scared to... And Kid would take his most valuable prize, the Armenian ship, the Kida Merchant, in January 1698. Captain Kid spotted the Kida Merchant about 25 leagues away from Kokin and raced to catch up with it. After approximately four hours, the adventure galley caught up with the Kida and hoisted a French flag for its colours. Kid commanded that the other captain board his ship. This was using a common pirate manoeuvre where you change the flag to trick the ship that you're about to capture. <laughs> <laughs> the other ship, the Kida Merchant, also raises the French flag and it's kind of like alluding to the fact that they're both safe to talk to each other on the waves. And Kid forces the other ship to yield, essentially, by doing this, and they board the ship. But when he boards, to his utter frustration, he finds that the ship was actually an Indian merchant ship and some of the crew were Dutch. Some of them were also British, so it's kind of bad luck here. He's kind of fucked all around. And even mere bad luck, the ship was carrying merchandise between Indian ports, one half which belonged to a Mughal nobleman called Muklas Khan, and the rest to some Armenian-Iranian merchants in a business deal that had been brokered by the English East India Company. This would be considered piracy by the English, but Kid was totally unaware of the fact that the ship carried this merchandise. Obviously, the East India Company, I think we all can about them and their atrocities in India, but this was when they were just becoming a hang. Notwithstanding the clear warning signs that he got from his fellow British captain, the captain of the Kida merchant was British and was basically telling him, like, you should not be doing this. We are not a French ship. We've just got French passes. Yeah, but they had French passports, which which Kid does keep. He's keeping their passports because he's like, I do believe that you're English, even though the guy's speaking plain English and is actually an English captain. He's working for the East India Company and on behalf of a Mughal nobleman. So Kid steals the ship renames it and goes on to sell the valuable cargo that it holds this is gold spices tea like really sought after merchandise at this point in time and he keeps the french sea passes uh, in order to prove if he needed to that this was a legal move for him and his crew when he reached the West Indies in April 1699, he learned that he had been denounced as a pirate because of what he had done on the Kida merchant. He ditches the Kida and sails in a newly purchased ship, the Antonio, to New York, where he tried to persuade the guy who booked him to do this privateering job, the early Belmont. He tries to persuade the guy to like prove his innocence. Belmont, who is scared of being implicated himself, orders Kid arrested on the 6th of July 1699. Kid was imprisoned in Boston, spending most of his time in solitary confinement, and his wife Sarah was also arrested and imprisoned. The conditions of Kid's imprisonment were extremely harsh and were said to have driven him at least temporarily insane. Arriving in England for his trial, Kid was shocked to learn that on top of the piracy charges, he was also being convicted of murder. Could he kill? Because of what he did to William Moore. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he whacking that guy in the head with a bucket. He had it coming to be fair. Important evidence concerning two of the piracy cases, aka the French passports that he obtained for the Kida merchant, 
were suppressed at the trial, and some historians have later questioned whether the evidence was sufficient for a guilty verdict. So if these passes had been allowed in the trial, Kidd might not have gone on to suffer the fate that he did. He should have just saluted the Navy and none of this would have happened. Yeah. Pride. Pride is the deadliest sin, Rebecca. Remember that. <laughs> so, Kidd is found guilty on all charges and is sentenced to death. He was hanged in a public execution on the 23rd of May in 1701 at the execution dock in London. He had to be hanged twice, because on the first attempt, the hangman's rope broke and Kid survived. But some people in the crowd like called for Kid's release, claiming that the breaking of the rope was a sign for God. And some people at that time did consider that to be like, if the rope breaks, you've only got one chance to be hung. He must deserve to live. Um, yeah, I would, I would actually... But, take that as a sign from the universe from god i would be like yeah he's not supposed to be dead but also like you've served your sentence because they did it he just didn't die yeah it's not his fault. but lo and behold he was hung again <laughs> <laughs> he was hanged again like minutes later basically and he died and his body was gibbeted over the river thames at tilbury point as a warning to future would-be pirates for three years do you care what a gibbet is a gibbet is a metal cage that's like body shaped and it's on a big pole and you put like the body people who have been executed in it and they could be like on bridges to enter cities at city gates on the river underneath the bridges so that sailors see them on their way into port and that's what they did with William Kidd. Remember when Kidd returned to New York after hearing that he had been charged Like it was as a yesterday, pirate? I was there. They had, they haven't <laughs> even built the Empire State Building yet. It's very nice. All Again, it's been nice. minutes for the people who are listening, but it's been fucking 20 minutes for us because <laughs> of how horrible this episode's been to edit. Um, but basically, when Kid went back to New York to speak to Bellman, there is a legend that he buried his treasure, Faye, the Kida merchant, mm -hmm. and his other ships. He took it and he buried it in different places around the New York -y kind of New England area. So, some was actually found. There was a hoard of treasure found on an island in New York which was the equivalent of millions of pounds of gold and jewels in today's money and it was actually taken back to England and used as evidence in his trial. And then there's other hoards apparently that have not been found. So there's still rumours around Captain William Kidd's treasure. Kidd is one of the only pirates who has actually been proven to have buried any either East treasure. This story would go on to inspire Scottish writer Robert Louis Stevenson's novel Treasure Island, creating the swashbuckling treasure burying stereotype of piracy that we can the day. So whenever you think of like buried treasure or anything like that, nobody's really ever done that apart from Captain William Kidd and then Robert Lee Stevenson's been like, oh, that sounds good. I'll put that in my book. And then everybody went, Aye. that's what pirates do. Pirates say, are and they bury, <laughs> they bury their treasure. <laughs> and they have a little parrot on their shoulder. That's the story of William Kidd. And how he buried his treasure and how he was the most unlucky pirate in the world. Uh, if you want, you can email us at thegroupywepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at thegroupywepodcast. TikTok is the same. And Twitter is thegroupywepod. And if you want to buy any merch, you can find it at thegroupywepodcast.co.uk. Bye. What about this way, that way, forwards, backwards, over the Irish Sea? Singing kettle? <laughs> 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.